This is a Bartificer production. Welcome to episode 122 of the Let's Talk Photography podcast. I'm your host, Bart Bouchot, and this is the show for December 2023, recorded on Christmas Eve, no less. We have another solo show today and I want to share something that I've fallen rather in love with and it's the answer to what I think has been my quest for the year. I have been trying to find a way to re-engage with social media photography that isn't toxic and I talked earlier in the year about positively re-engaging on uh, Flickr um, and that has I've continued to do what I described in that episode, but it wasn't, I thought I could do better. Um, And I kept on hearing about a social media site called Glass on various podcasts and things. And eventually I read a review of it on one of the Mac blogs I follow, and I decided to give it a go a few months ago. And I'm really happy I did, because I think I found my happy place. Um, And I'm so sure I have literally put my money where my mouth is because, as you're about to discover, I am paying for it, which you kind of have to. Um, But anyway, so I thought I would share with you why I love glass. And maybe the reasons I love it will be reasons you like it too. But maybe the reasons I love it will be reasons it absolutely positively isn't right for you. So I I don't believe there is a universally perfect social network. In fact, I believe there isn't a universally perfect social network. So I want to share, it's not really an exhaustive review, but basically describe what the site does, describe the site's philosophy, and sort of explain why I've fallen in love with it. And hopefully either you can knock it off your list of things to consider because it's just not for you, or maybe I'll pique your interest and you can go have a deep dive yourself. Okay, so I guess the first question is, what is Glass? Well, I would describe it as an app-first social media designed to encourage photographers to share their best work. Now, I call it app-first because originally there actually was no web interface at all uh, for the social media aspect of the service. Um, But there is now, we'll talk about that more later. And the other major, major, major part of this app-first paid social media site is that there is no free plan. You pay to join Glass. That is, you know, that is it. It is a paid for service. And that immediately might be enough to turn a lot of people off. Um, You know, as I say, it's an app first. You absolutely get the best experience on a phone or a tablet. Um, But, you know, there is now a web version that basically looks exactly like the app version on the phone or tablet, but just trapped in your web browser. So it is a paid service. So it's either $4.99 per month or $29.99 per year. And I went with the yearly option because that seemed like better value for money to me. There are apps for Android, iOS, iPad and iPhone and for Windows. And as I mentioned, there is now a web app that looks awfully like someone took the tablet app and trapped it inside your web browser. But hey, it works and it's familiar. Um, But it's not, I don't know, it doesn't feel like it was designed for the web. It feels like it's like, well, we got to let these app people onto the internet somehow. And so therefore we've taken the 
instead of taking a web app and putting it on a tablet, they've taken a tablet app and put it on the web is what it feels like to me. So as well as it being a social network, which is, as we're, as I'll describe later, really quite private, there is also, um, there is a world-facing aspect to this site. So you can use Glass to share your work with the general public, but in in a very unidirectional way, you can publish through Glass. So if you choose to turn it on, you can have a portfolio page where you get your avatar, a little bio that you write, and you can include a link to your website or something like that. And then the the dominating feature really is your your picture of yourself, if you choose to add one to your profile, and your photographs. They really dominate your your portfolio page. I mean, I think they call it a profile page, but to me, it really does look like a, a portfolio because, again, you're encouraged to share your best work on Glass instead of everything. And so what you end up with on your portfolio page is really beautiful. And it's the photographs are very much designed to dominate. So you end up with a beautiful page of your best photographs. So there's a link in the show notes to my Glass page. It's at glass.photo forward slash shots, And you can you can have a look at what I mean. I should actually mention that the, site, that the whole service is available through glass.photo. As well as your public profile, you also get to share links to individual photos. So you can pop them into social media or you know, other social media or share them over chat clients or whatever. Um, so I have a sample link in the show notes to a recent photograph I added to Glass of a beautiful blue steam train. Uh, but the social engineering aspects are entirely contained within the app, which does include now this new web version of the app. Um, and it's just for members. So the social media is not part of the public internet. So people's view of your work is just the photos. The social media aspects are entirely within Glass's community. So you can't tell how many um, appreciations, they're not called likes, they're called appreciations there are on that photograph I have linked of the steam train. There are some, but you can't see how many? There's no big counter badge. And you can't see who has appreciated the photo. I can see that because it's my photo and I'm engaging in a community. But no one else can. I guess apart from the people who are also in the community. But you know what I mean. Um, And so I think that's kind of, a for me, a big feature that the the social aspects are in a safe place. They're within the service. And remember, everyone who's in there is a paying member. So everyone has a little bit of skin in the game, which is definitely useful. Now. Even within the app, it does, it's, the, it's the social media essence as opposed to every possible bell and feature you could imagine. Fundamentally, the most important thing you do is you follow photographers. So once you follow people, your landing page becomes a reverse chronological grid. No algorithm hiding half the stuff from you, right? It is a reverse chronological grid of the photographs from the people you follow and interestingly, your own photographs blended into it. And that, that stream forms your landing page. You can comment on any photo. You can, what they, they don't call it favoriting or liking, they call it appreciating. So you send someone appreciation, which is a, a nicer word, really. So you can appreciate people's photos. And you can also appreciate comments on photos, which is a nice touch. And other than that, really, you can block users and report users, but that's that's sort of it on the social front. But, you know, that's kind of the important thing. Find and follow people, 
comment on photos, appreciate photos, appreciate comments. Well, that kind of is all I wanted. So, you know, I don't feel it's missing anything, but maybe people disagree. Um, and I mentioned that you can report to block users. And one of the things that being a private community means is that, the, well, I guess it doesn't have to mean it, but a choice made by the people who run Glass is that they are not going to be a a Zuckerberg-style town square where anything goes. They're going to be an actual town square in the real world where people in a town square behave themselves according to norms of society. Uh, like, I don't know. When people talk about something being a town square and that means a free-for-all, I'm after thinking, what town do you people live in? I, I live in a town where we have norms and where our town square is a nice, pleasant place. Well, that's the kind of town square that Glass is for its members. Um, and at the heart of that is a code of conduct they enforce. And it's not long. It's a few paragraphs, so it's easy to read. And it basically boils down to be excellent to each other. Don't do toxic stuff that's all over the internet. It won't be tolerated. And as best as I can tell, it isn't tolerated because it doesn't, I have not observed it happening even once. So I do believe, at least from my experience, these terms of service are being lived up to. Uh, there is also a certain curation aspect to the service. So the app have an editorial staff, or the service have an editorial staff, and they highlight collections of images that have been uploaded with a little blog post and a little bit of it, you know, a little bit of talking about them. So that's kind of an interesting sort of way to see some stuff going on on the service. And then every month, um, the editorial team pick a theme and photographers are encouraged, but not force or cajole or anything encouraged into contributing shots to that theme of the month. And then at the end of the month, I was, well, even as the month is going on, you can watch it develop. And at the end of the month, there'll be a, uh, you know, a, an article by the editorial team describing some of the images that stood out for them from the theme of the previous month. So it's kind of a fun, it's kind of a fun way to take part if you want to. And then finally, there's definitely an exploration aspect. The exploration aspect is one of the things I absolutely love. So you have your own landing pages, a feed of the people you already follow in reverse chronological order. But if you want to, you know, find people to follow, then you want to go exploring. And the primary mechanism for exploration is the categories feature. And the way it works, they're, they're kind of like tags, but they're not a free for all like you'd normally have with tags. There is a predefined set of categories that have been created by the editorial team and they they grow and evolve over time. And in fact, the monthly theme is in fact just a category that they highlight and they pin it to the top of the list and turn it gold. Uh, but it's basically just a category and that category will continue to exist into the future. Um, so there is a predefined set of categories that you choose from when you're adding an image and you're allowed to pick a maximum of three. So you can't do that thing again on most social media. You just spam every hashtag on the planet or stick every keyword or tag you can think about a photo on Flickr or whatever. You pick the three, up to three. You can pick zero, one, two or three. You pick up to three that you think best fit the image. Which means that when you're actually looking at the categories, generally speaking, there's a really good fit between the photographs you're seeing as you're exploring that category and the actual category. And some of them are very, you know, specific, like, you know, rural, urban, winter, spring. 
Some of them are more stylistic, like abstract. Um, you know, some of them are very descriptive, like portrait, cityscape, landscape. There's a nice mix there. I generally find that they make sense. You know, there, there's enough of them to make sense, and there's not too many that to be completely overloaded by them. And as I say, when you go to explore stuff, it's really quite powerful. Another very powerful exploration mechanism I'm getting a lot of value from is there are automatic categories created by camera and by lens. So if you want to f- see what others are doing with either a piece of gear you have or a piece of gear you're thinking of buying, you can go in and look and see what people are doing. So I have been absolutely fascinated to look at what are other photographers doing with their iPhones? Or even more specific, what are other iPhone photographers doing with the 5X telephoto or the 0.5X wide angle? And it is very interesting to see how different people get very, very, very different images from the identical technology I'm using. So that is just really cool. And all of these views that I'm describing are reverse chronological order. And the service actually makes a point of saying it's not algorithmic. They're not trying to make it. It's just this is what's happening in these categories, reverse chronological order. You just get to see. Um... When you actually go to the Explorer tab, um, the very first page is a global view that I think it's still reverse chronological in a way, but it's not every single photograph ever uploaded to to glass. So there must be some sort of algorithm going on to pick the best photos. But, it, uh, you know, so when they say not algorithmic, I think they mean your timeline as opposed to every single part of the site. But there is somehow... They're picking out the best recent photographs at the top of the Explore page or the, you know, as the first tab in the Explore section. And it works for me. Similarly, there's, I guess there must be some sort of algorithm here, but there is a page of photographers as well. And each photographer gets a row. Um, and then so their avatar is the first item in the row. And then there's a, a sort of a film strip of their recent images Uh, And so that's a really nice way to just scroll through and look for thumbnails that catch your eye. And then you can sort of scroll around the little film strip next to that username and sort of, you know, find photographers to follow. And then once you start following them, they end up in your reverse chronological timeline and away you go. And so at every point you take when you're trying to interact with the site, you get this feeling that you're being gently nudged. I would say, you know, it's not in your face. It's not thou shalt not. It's very much, you know, we we set things up to encourage the behavior we want. And you get the feeling that what's being encouraged is low volume, high quality and thoughtful sharing. So it is a site that operates at a slow pace. Not very many articles get posted every month. It's not like, you know, every day there's five articles from the editorial team. It's a much, much slower cadence. Uh, photographers are really encouraged to contribute the best work. So your timeline isn't absolutely flooded, right? When I come in to my timeline, I might have two or three images one day. Maybe on a busy day, I might have 10 images to look at. But it's a nice slow cadence. And, you know, so your own timeline is going to overwhelm you, which means you actually will have time to go explore. So, you know, it's calm. It's not in your face, it's not shouty, it's not high volume. I I have not felt FOMO while while working with glass. And that, I think, is, is a good point to pivot to, you know, why I like this. Okay, so now we're definitely getting into subjective stuff here, right? I, I, I've done my best to describe without 
putting my thumb on the scale too much about how the site works. But, you know, why is it, why is it so right for me? Um, and really, the biggest thing for me is the quality over quantity and just the calm and relaxed feel about the, the whole experience. You do not feel you're being pressurized to come back, come back, you know, watch, watch, watch out, watch out, watch out, you know, there's none of that shouty feel of so much of social media. It's a very calm and gentle place. And the the photographs completely dominate the interface. It is all about losing yourself in people's amazing photography. And that works so well for me. And it's very obvious to me from reading their marketing material that the people who run this service and me are on the same wavelength as each other. So if I just sort of give you some choice quotes from their their sort of front page trying to push the service, right? Built for adoration instead of addiction. Well, that completely gels with me, right? I, I do not like this whole notion of social media trying to pull you in, pull you in, pull you in, pull you in. You know, another, another choice quote, community, not comparison. All the social network features you'd expect with none of the dark patterns driving engagement. Again, they're not out to try addict you and pull you in. They are just trying to make it a fun place to be. And it really comes across. Exploration, not algorithms. You're in control over what you see on glass. And really, what ends up on that landing page of yours is completely in your control. It's reverse chronological order. You're not being manipulated. Another choice quote. Appreciation, not competition. No public counts or data mining to power invasive advertising. And my wavelength very much there. Another quote. Safety as a priority, not an afterthought. Our community has no space for hate. Pretty darn simple and straightforward. And then the last quote I just picked out here. Glass is subscription based, which means we won't sell your data or pollute your feed with ads. We don't answer to outside investors or advertisers, just members of our community. Actually, that kind of hits right the nail on the head, in my opinion, right? When I think about why this site works for me, to me, it just all comes back to the business model, right? I have said for years that if you want to understand online services, follow the money because that lays down the incentives that will inevitably drive a service to be whatever it is. So if a service is incentivized to invade your privacy, they will invade your privacy exactly as much as they can get away with and no more. You know, incentives really, really matter. So follow the money is a very, very important way to understand how a service either is or is inevitably going to be. And this choice to make the site a paid service, a 100% paid service, not even a freemium service like Dropbox, an actually paid service, is that there is no question whatsoever about who the customer is, right? It's, it's us, the users. There do not exist advertisers, right? There are no ads. So that immediately makes the interface nicer. But no ads means something way more important. It means no advertisers, right? So any site or service that's financed through advertisements. The people who need to be kept happy 
to keep the lights on are advertisers. Users are needed to get advertisers, but users are a means to an end, not the point of the place. Whereas when there are no advertisers, this misalignment just goes away. The best interests of the service operators and the best interests of the users align because the users are the customer. So if you think about why is social media always toxic, right? It's fundamentally down to the business model because the users are not the customers. The attention of the users is the product and that's being sold to the actual customers, the advertisements. So that just creates perverse incentive after perverse incentive. Right? The people running the service are trying to maximize the data they collect on their users because that's what advertisers value. They want targeted ads. They're also doing everything they can possibly do to increase the amount of time users spend on the service because the product is attention. And you can't sell attention from people who aren't on your site. And unfortunately, because of the nature of humanity, the end result of these incentives is doom scrolling, outrage, tribalism, bullying, and abuse. Because that's unfortunately what drives us humans is i'm afraid to say outrage and fear those things engage us like nothing else and you know there are attempts made by social media to moderate this inevitable negativity but it is inevitable it is a question of degree right you can choose to moderate a site so that the toxicity stays at a tolerable level or you can do an Elon Musk and open the floodgates and and let the toxic take over. But even the least badly run advertisement-powered social media is pretty poor experience because it's inevitable. You get eyeballs by making people afraid or cranky. And you make people cranky and afraid by othering people, by breaking, by finding divisions and wedging them open. It is sad that making people happy is not financially as lucrative as making people cranky, angry and afraid. But when your business model is attention, I'm afraid to say you get a lot more people's attention with those negative emotions than you do with positive emotions. And that's just why it is inevitable that advertisement-based businesses go to hell in a handcart sooner or later to a greater or lesser degree. So glass can be the positive, not shouty, not attention-grabbing, basically the extremely positive and calm place to genuinely lose yourself in amazing photography purely because you are the customer. Keeping you happy keeps the lights on in glass. So they are incentivized to make you happy. I am delighted to say they're doing an exceptionally good job at keeping me happy because I never feel pressure to check things out on glass. I never feel 
an urge that I must check, I must check, I must check. Oh no, I didn't get enough likes or whatever. Like none of that stuff is there. None of those incentives are there because the appreciations are entirely just, I know what's been appreciated, but there's no counters. There's no comparing yourself. There's, you know, it, it's just so calm. I mean, I'm repeating myself this age, so I should probably stop. But what I've discovered is I really like being a part of this community. I'm finding amazing work by amazing photographers and I find the price for that to be worth every single solitary cent. So if you're feeling that you're really not enjoying social media and if you can afford $29 a year, give glass a go would be my advice. I have found it to be a positive and happy place. And at these holiday times, positive and happy place seems like a very nice thing to share with you all. So, you know, 2023 is now drawing to an end. Um, So I should probably take a moment to thank every listener who has supported this show in any way throughout 2023. Right, and you can support the show simply by sharing it with friends and family. Just tell people about it. That drives up, you know, that encourages people to come and listen. And the more people listen, the more people contribute to the show in other ways. So this show has no advertisements, right? Very much in line with Glass. It is entirely listener-supported. And a small percentage of listeners contribute. But the more listeners there are, the more contributions there are. So sharing the show is genuinely helping. Because as long as the percentage of people who contribute financially stays the same, the more people there are, the more money comes in. And the intention here isn't to become some sort of podcasting empire. If it was, I'd be failing really quite miserably. The intention here is that this podcast should break even. You know, This should be a show that pays for itself so that I'm not taking on a burden Um, but that doesn't need advertisements to make that so and it is that and I absolutely love the fact that so many of you choose to support the show and I am extremely grateful that you give me the luxury of podcasting without needing to mollify advertisers without having to spend time seeking out sponsors right that is entirely because of you folk and I genuinely do appreciate that so you can make a one-off payment through PayPal which is really good for helping me buy new equipment and stuff Um, I've had to replace some audio equipment recently because age, things break. Um, So a few more euro wouldn't go astray at the moment to help with the breaking even thing. Um, But probably the most long-term effective way to support the show is through Patreon. And I have switched to a faux monthly model for reasons. Um, So basically there will be one Patreon quote-unquote creation each month exactly um, and so if you would like to pledge $5 a month pledge $5 per creation right, there will be one per month um, and that helps me to pay the bills so the idea is the Patreon money comes in the bills come in and the hope is that one will replace the other uh, you will find fairly detailed show notes actually because I've written this up sort of as an essay so sometimes the show notes for Let's Talk Talk will be quite short but this time the show notes are quite long they're at letstalk.ie where you will find the buttons to support the show um, please share it's now a time for you know family and time off and reconsidering things so whatever you celebrated this time of the year um, I hope it is a fulfilling enjoyable celebration with friends and family and perhaps some you know 
somewhat indulgent and tasty eating and drinking within moderation to the point where you enjoy it and of course the absolute very best wishes for 2024 let's hope there is lots of wonderful lens fodder to keep you inspired engaged shooting and sharing anyway i've been your host bart Bouchot. you can find me at bartb.ie till next time happy snapping <laughs>